Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as host Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Thursday, July 29, 2023. This is your host, Mike Abadir, of course, alongside Pop DiBiase, my main man who we need to really get his name into the show billing. It's been long overdue, but for the time being, we're happy to have him. And we want to get started by talking about the joy of perfection. Perfect game's got to be one of the most. I mean, I guess let's 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 discuss it. Domingo Herman, perfect game. It was late night for all you East Coasters. It was against the Oakland A's, the lowly Oakland A's. But regardless, perfect game. So many things have to go right. Not just does your pitching have to be on point. Not just do the hitters have to swing. Uh, at, at all the strikes you throw as well as the balls so that you don't get uh, any walks. But also the fielding has to be impeccable. The hitters have to hit the ball to a place where a fielder can make a play. And the fielder has to make the play. You get a perfect game, man. It's a remarkable feat. That's why it's only happened 20-something odd times in the 140 years they've been playing Major League Baseball. I want to ask you, Bob, do you think a perfect game is a more difficult feat than a four-home run game? What's more impressive to you? Mike, I'm going to keep it real with you. Is nothing compares to the perfect game in any sport. Nothing. Nothing, Mike. 27 up, 27 down. Nobody got on base. That's incredible because you have to have the stamina for that. You have to have the mental for that. And then your fielders, once they start to realize you haven't given up a hit, nobody's got on, there's more pressure on them than the pitcher. The the pitcher's in the groove. The pitcher's in the zone. I was a pitcher, I know. When we get in the zone and we get to grooving, hey, it's all good. And I'm going to tell you what can break a groove. A bad ump call and an error. And last night, Domingo was fortunate not to get either. So he was. So they got that part out the way. And then, you know, he didn't have a high strikeout rate last night like most guys do when they when they play the perfect pitch the perfect game. But what he did though was he was able to make them hit to hit to the right spots and really, you know, work things out last night. I think D- Domingo Germain had a coming out party last night, somewhat of a guy that was having a really bad season. Not a bad season, but. For how the Yankees rate him, he's supposed to be one of the Yankees' top pitchers. And he wasn't having a top pitcher-type season. But last night, I think what that can do for the Yankees, a team that's in third place right now, they're without their superstar, Mike Judge, I mean, Aaron Judge. I'm so sorry. I'm over here. Him and Gia, uh, him and Stanton, you know, sometimes it's hard to separate the two. But 
all in all, the Yankees may make their run now here at the top of July. I I got that feeling, Mike. I just got that feeling. I mean, look, sometimes it, when you look back and you ask players or, or managers, what was the spark that ignited your run? A lot of times it's going to be something special or remarkable. Maybe it's a brawl, you know, where, where teams get into it, they get fired up, and then from there they use that as the fuel. Maybe it's, uh, you know, a manager getting fired like the Phillies last year when Girardi got fired, and then, and then when Rob Thompson got the job, they just got absolutely rolling. But at times, you know, a perfect game, can be fantastic momentum. Now, I'd have to go back and look and see what teams have done post-perfect games. I know pitchers themselves usually don't go out there and have a great game to follow, but I think you make a good point because I think in this situation it's a little bit different because the Yankees have kind of been hanging in there. You know, they're not – they don't have a bad record. You know, they're obviously over 500 like everybody in the AL East, Uh, but they're really not – necessarily threatening the Rays at all, or even the Orioles, you know, and I'm not sure that Yankee fans are okay with third or fourth place, you know, in in that division, even if they make the the playoffs, you're talking about a one game possibility. It's it's not really associated with the Yankees brand. That's not what they shoot for. You know, it's kind of like the chiefs right now. They're looking for super bowls. They're not looking for anything like a wild card, one game get tossed. You know, these organizations are come with high expectations, big payroll for the Yankees. And I think this could very well be the exact spark that they need. Also, just from from a pure baseball perspective, they really haven't had somebody truly step up on the pitching staff outside of Garrett Cole. So they, they need big performances out of the rest of the crew if they're if they're going to have a legitimate chance to win pop. You're right, because Nestor Cortez hasn't been much this season. You got Johnny Prito, who's 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 a back-end guy. Same thing with Clark Schmidt. These guys have been absolutely terrorized in games, but they're not bad pitchers. You know, Mike, I look at pitchers' game logs daily, and if you looked at these, Mike, you would say, you know what, this guy got a 5.45 ERA, but he's not that bad. But he had a really three bad games in a row that made his ERA look like this. You know what I mean? He's not giving up a lot of runs, but he might get hit a little bit, you know? Or he might walk uh, too many guys for, you know, for our taste. But, you know, the guy might be getting five, six, seven uh, strikeouts in a game. So that's why I keep telling people, you got to stop looking at pitchers from uh, uh, – sample size situation you have to give the pitchers a better opportunity in each game every game is different it's not going to be the same game that's why i love baseball so much and i feel like i've really fell back in love with baseball this season because of the way that the game is being played and the way that the people are excited about the game again and then when you start seeing little things and seeing how people are involved they really don't know what they're watching anymore because we don't we don't have enough coverage of baseball if you do NFL, you can say this. NFL will have four different shows before noon. And this is on ESPN, FS1, and their own network. 
Baseball doesn't have that luxury anymore. You know, ESPN is doing a big disservice to everybody in the sports world without having MLB tonight. You got, I think you got to have MLB tonight, Carl Ravage's old show, because this is what educates everybody what's really going on in baseball. And you really know what's going on. And baseball should not be 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 sent to the back to the back of the bus, in my opinion. You got to have baseball right here in the forefront right now because we're having one of the greatest times in baseball ever. We got a guy who's pitching and hitting in Otani, and he's an international guy as well too. So he's coming from Japan, so he's bringing a whole new fan, a whole different, a whole bigger, big fan base that is absolutely in love with baseball. It's their national pastime still. It's their number one sport. And then you have all the South Americans that you have there, Central Americans. That's huge for the the future of the MLB. And I think that the MLB was was the pioneer of international players, but now they're finally starting to go over and have games in international areas. I thought that the London games were absolutely beautiful. I thought that was a long time overdue. They should have did the London games 50 years ago. You know, uh, pretty much and you because you need that market. They see how the NFL keeps winning because the NFL has taken over Europe. So they have realized, okay, we got to put a game here. Because they already put games in Korea. They already put games in Japan on opening weekends and things like that. But they said to themselves, now we got to go, we got to move this around a little bit because we got to remember who used to be the king, who showed them all how to do this. It's us. We're not grandpa. We are the ones that uh, we are the the, the uh, puppeteers, and you have to get back to that because they showed the NFL and the um, NBA how to structure your leagues and how to survive. There was a lot of professional leagues that were around, but these ones were the ones that survived. And MLB taught NBA and NFL how to survive, and they showed them how to do it with the TV deals. They showed them how to do it with the partnerships. All that good stuff. If baseball doesn't have the influence on the rest of the sports that they have, we don't have pro sports today, Mike. Well, you know, if you look even just in terms of free agency and stuff, baseball led the charge. Kurt Flood in the 70s. You know, a lot of financial structures and and the way that pro sports are conducted are absolutely due to a baseball, a baseball system baseball's influence on free agency and everything else. I think it's, uh, I think you make a really valid point. Uh, we kind of have digressed a little bit from Domingo Herman. I, I wanted to, to make another comment about it, the ball game last night, which is this. The Oakland A's have had maybe one of the weirdest seasons that I've seen in a long time. I mean, they had a disastrous start. Somehow they they rattled off what seven eight wins in a row a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, they got six. Funniest thing, though, Mike, they were twelve and fifty when they did it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what it was like. That's what made it really funny. It's like, bro, you guys won twelve games. They peeled off seven, and we were about to do Moneyball Part Two. Huh? <laughs> absolutely crazy man I don't know how they rattled up seven wins in a row because because they got inspired Mike because you know what happened they won those seven in the process uh, after they were starting to say okay it looks like we're going to Vegas 
And then the guys were like, we love Oakland. What the, you know, and the fans are telling them, we love you, we love you. And it helped. No, actually, you're very right because they had that, um, that what was it called? Like uh, Oakland Appreciation Day or something. And then they went on a hot streak. You know, it was right. like, what, like a like a fan anti boycott or something like that, where instead of it boycotting, was a fan, they all it was a show fan, up. They no, they said let's all show up and try to sell this bad boy out. That's what they wanted to do. Yeah, that's why I was calling it like an anti boycott, like the opposite, like right. instead of not going, they're they're trying to fill it up. And right. uh, you know, I think there was a lot of I, I think they made some noise, it got enough attention to even um, you know get the commissioner looking. That situation, it bothers me, though, man, because, you know, and look, politicians are professional liars. We already know that. But you have everybody from, you know, the mayor and the city council in Oakland saying, we did everything that we could. And then you have a lying Lies. owner. You know, yeah. And then you have a lying owner who says, we've done everything we could. The thing is this. I know that area very well. I'm, I'm from, a, you know, Northern California Bay Area. And land is scarce. You know, we, you know, there is no like, okay, if you go out this way, you get to like Riverside or something, even, you know, the Bay Area is very compact, densely packed, and there's not a lot of land. You know, I would say they should just level the Coliseum and rebuild it. You know, uh, that's what I would do. You know, I mean, there's not a lot of options. That waterfront option, Jack London Square, I thought it was terrible. I don't know if you know that in the area much or not, but like it would be like, have you been to the Rose Bowl on a big yeah, day? I live in the city of the Rose Bowl. I literally right. grew up in the place. Right. The the Rose Bowl on a big day. You tell us how nightmarish is it to get in and out of that stadium with a car? Well, really? it's it's one of the worst. Period. You'll probably really? be over. Two hours because you have a two lane, a two lane road, and pretty much you're going up a hill, and you're kind of in a small space as is. It's it's in an isolated area, but everything is like not for big traffic. You know what I mean? Like it's not set up to have big traffic. And then you you're actually riding through neighborhoods when you're when you're getting done with the game and stuff like that, and getting to the game. So yeah, the Rose Bowl, you know, but the Rose Bowl fits a hundred thousand. And there's just certain ways around around getting in and getting out of that place. And we all know, and a lot of people don't even park at the Rose Bowl. They walk up the hill. You right. Know I mean? But my, my, my point is, if you've been through something like that, you kind of understand the it's importance. Of, I'm not going to act like it's not. Yeah, you you got to – look, if you're going to, you know, build a stadium, I think, you know, egress and, you know, entry and exit – it's got has got to be a key thing that you want to have figured out. You know, if you if you see the the Raiders uh, stadium in, in Vegas, Allegiant, it's right off the freeway, easy to get in and out. Yeah, this is gonna be a little bit of a log jam. But Jack London Square already has restaurants and shopping and stuff. So I mean, now and, and there's stop signs, like you know, pull off the freeway, stop. Right. Go down, go down in one block, stop. Go down another block, stop. Like, I can't imagine on top of all that, putting a stadium in there. It's absolutely ridiculous. So I don't think that they're, like, coming up with, like, really honest ideas and solutions for this stuff. You know, I I, I don't know the politics of it that much, Pop. 
But if you go, I guess it would be due north, actually not due east. It'd be like north, northeast. And you start going towards Sacramento. There are areas like Dixon and Vacaville, kind of in the middle of nowhere. But I think wouldn't be a bad place to put a stadium. It's not the most sexy location necessarily. Um, but Arco Arena was like west of Sacramento. And Arco Arena, when the Kings are good, sold out all the time. It's not, you know, Vacaville and Dixon. Uh, Arco Arena isn't quite as much of the boonies as it would be in Vacaville or Dixon or something like that. But I still think that it's a strategic location because you've had the triple A team in Sacramento for a long time and they get the Rivercats are well supported in Sacktown. And you have a lot of A's fans there. And then all the Bay Area people, you know, from the Bay, you're going to have to drive, suck it up and drive 45 minutes or an hour. But I think it's it's an I, not I wouldn't say ideal, but there, it's a solution. I just don't think that they're putting out that many good solutions for this thing. You know, I know they talked to, for, a, for a minute there about Fremont or down in San Jose area. But look, I think the solution's right in front of their eyes, man. They want to remain the Oakland A's and not the Oakland A's playing in Fremont, like, like San Francisco 49ers. They're not in San Francisco. They're 45 minutes from Sacramento, San Francisco. You know what I mean? Like, if Oakland wants to hang on to one more team, finally, or for, all, for once and for all, they got to do something with the Coliseum, tear that shit down, and rebuild it, Pop. That's my thought of the day on the Oakland days. I don't know the mechanics of that. I don't know. The, there might be a reason why they can't or they don't. I don't know. But I just know that they had two tenants there. Now they got one tenant there. You want that place, and you don't have anybody in the basketball arena there. So unless you want that place just to be a concert venue and Disney on ice, you got to do something to keep the Oakland days because it sucks for the fans of Oakland. So I know a little bit of a rant here. We are up against a commercial break, but I wanted to get that off my chest too because of the attention that Oakland got last night. Negative attention from a perfect game nonetheless, but at the same time, it's an opportunity for people to talk about Oakland, whether it's good or bad. So Let's take a timeout, Pop. We'll come back. We'll keep talking visible and everything else in the sports world right after this. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. 
Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. By the way, just uh, to put it out there, the A's had gone 5,000 in 10 games without being no hit. Mm. Not sure how many how many seasons that is. It's probably what? Uh, so 10 seasons would be uh, 1,600 games. So if we do that times like maybe 3.2, probably talking about 35 years that it's been since they've been no hit. So that's, that's interesting. It is wild. Absolutely wild. So I mean, I mean this the Dodgers has been no hit about six times in the last five years. Well, that's kind of a fluky thing, but yeah, uh, it's it's pretty crazy when you think but, about it. But the only way that they got no hit, it wasn't by a pitcher; it was by a group of pitchers. Right? Yeah that that right. that BS that BS thing that a lot of pitchers have been doing a lot lately. The the, the combined no hitter; those aren't yeah, no hitters. Right. 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 I hear you. So I mean, look, this season just keeps getting worse for Oakland, man. They're they're probably gonna have their worst record in the history of the Oakland days. You know, uh, they had the uh, Sal Sal Bandles passing. That was a big bummer. Obviously, this Vegas talk. Um, one thing that we didn't talk about was Glenn Kuyper. Um, he was a really popular Bay Area host, and it was one of those things where he meant to say one thing, but it came out something else. So it came out as an end bomb, uh, even though he didn't intend it for it to. But the network, even though he'd been there for like 20, 25 years, they had no choice but to let him go. I mean, he was immediately apologetic. You know, it was just like one of those things where he's in the middle of a sentence. Like he wasn't throwing it like out as an insult. It was the middle of it. Like he was saying, I don't remember exactly what it was, but maybe it was like, like something like the Negro League Museum or something. And it came out as an end bomb. Uh, so they had to get rid of him. Vita Blue passed away. Just the other day, you get the uh, Las Vegas public funding approved. Uh, Rob Manfred, he disses Oakland, you know, and then this perfect game. I'm sure there's some other stuff too, but overall, man, tough tough to be uh, a fan of the Oakland days this year. It's been more negative than any season in their history. And, and to to kind of get you the, the info that's going on in Vegas, because, you know, Vegas is my second home. Literally, everybody knows that, you know, I stayed there for a bit, all that good stuff. And I'm still very connected with a lot of people in the city. And, you know, I'm always back and forth. From what I know and from what I'm hearing, the community does not want the A's in um, Oakland. 
even the getting the money for him was tough because literally in they Oakland had, or in Las Vegas. Yeah, and I'm talking about Vegas, dude. Vegas. They don't okay. want them. They don't want them in Vegas. They much rather be putting money towards education and things like that. Because do you know that literally, I think maybe only 40% of the graduating class actually graduated this year from high school in that city. And it's because they got lack of educational resources and they got just, it's just a mess. You know what I mean? And you're over here still trying to build more things on the strip. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, what's the point of having people even living in the city anymore? You know what I mean? You can just go ahead and just make it a tourist attraction. And all in all, you have to remember who else is here as well, too. With all these new special things, with all begging everybody to move here, this is what happens when you become an actual city. You got to start making tough decisions. And the tough decisions might be you don't need every league here because you're already ruining the integrity of sports as it is. We saw... We, I hope we can get into that today as well, too, Mike, about the gambling situation with the NFL. But you absolutely, know, man, the Colts, a- uh, the Colts hits and had a double whammy uh, in terms of personnel being lost. But we'll, t- yeah, we'll definitely uh, make some time for that, Bob. Yeah, but all in all, though, you, I just want to let you know that they're not, uh, they're not behind this at all. They're already, they're putting together their own measures, and they're not behind this because they didn't go get the people's vote. They got the vote from the politicians. These people already been paid off. So they're going to say, yeah, we're going to bring the team in. But they still have people that were not paid off and they did not want they don't want any parts of the A's. They don't want to give out any more money. The Raiders is different. The Raiders are a worldwide international brand. The Raiders, the Raiders really don't have a city, but it's really just the Raiders. We, we don't need to call them the Oakland Raiders, the L.A. Raiders, the Vegas Raiders. They're just the Raiders. You know what I mean? They're probably going to be the first team to ever have, if they win a Super Bowl in recent times, they might be the first ever team to have a Super Bowl parade in three different cities. You know, so pretty much, you know, the Raiders, that's understandable because the Raiders are like bringing in Sinatra or bringing in uh, Sammy Davis Jr. The Raiders are like a, 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 a strip act. But the Oakland A's are bad. They're terrible. They've always been terrible ever since Philadelphia. So they've never been a team that worried about paying anybody. They've always been cheapskates. And this would be their fourth time moving in their history. Name another team that's been around for a hundred years that had to move four times, Mike. Can't think of any. Can't think of none. And they left Kansas City right before they were going to be able to be very great in Kansas City. You know, they left Kansas City. They handed the city the Royals. They took the Royals, and the Royals automatically became the the, the lifeblood of the city. But that's because that was the original name of the minor league team as well, too. So that's why it was a big deal as well. Right. And, and you remember the old joke, uh, you remember the old joke? Because the Yankees had a lot of connections to Kansas City. You remember the old joke? If he can't cut it, we'll have to send him to Kansas City. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know? You know, so, um, you know, that's just my point with that, though, Mike. And, um, you know, all in all, though, 
the A's, man, I just I, – I, it's funny that we talk about the A's and knowing that we should never spend more than five minutes on that raggedy team, but they got news – they probably got the best news story in the MLB right now, and that's how bad it is when it comes to report news in the MLB. We should be talking about the Reds' resurgence. That should be – that should be national news, Mike. You know what I mean? But the first thing that we have to look at – is what's going on at the uh the, the the game or the 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 masters or whatever whatever uh Patrick Mahomes is doing you know what I mean I'm just like the NFL ain't even season right now seriously and the NBA just went out of season and we're talking about a guy that is potentially great he's doesn't mean he's going to be a good player he's just potentially he, they feel that the potential is there I said George Mearson was 7-7 Bradley was seven six. Who cares? Show us something when we get on the court. Absolutely. And I don't want to move off of that point yet because I think you make a really, really good point. The thing, look, I think the sports world takes its cue, not as much as before, but they still take their cue from ESPN. And ESPN kind of dictates the flow of information to the people out there. Like I said, I think that's less today than before. But it's still prevalent today. That's where a lot of people get their sports info. But to me, it's shocking that they invest in getting baseball on ESPN X many years in a row, but they don't necessarily do a great job of promoting it because they spend so much time on a lot of this like reality show type of of. Of, uh, of a broadcast rather than straight-up news. Cincinnati Reds, they're going to have a really exciting team for years to come, man. You know, you know you've been high on Ellie for a while, and this guy has, like, wide receiver speed. He's got NBA height. He's got an 80 raw power in terms of MLB evaluation grade, and just so you folks know, it's not 80 out of 100. 80 is the highest power score you could get from scouts in Major League Baseball. So the dude, he hits it the hardest. He gets to first the fastest. And he has an 80 score, the best score in terms of power. This guy should be on TV like Bo Jackson was, or like... Mahomes or any superstar. I know it's it's early. He's only been there for a few weeks. But this guy is the real deal. And they've got a good supporting cast, man. You know, I think that they could use some pitching help for sure. But this is going to be a team for the next five to ten years that's going to be really good. Kind of reminds me of the Atlanta Braves from like four or five years ago. You know, when they got Acuna and they started building their, their team internally with good young players, I think the Reds are doing the same thing, man. I think this is a team that's going to be legit for, you know, five, ten years, depending on how they structure the deals, man. I'm pretty excited about it. But back to your point, you know, baseball is very poorly promoted, and I think it starts with ESPN. They should be protecting their investment, man. They've spent so much money to get baseball rights. You know, why the hell are we talking about Kelsey and Mahomes doing whatever BS event on a golf course, you know, in June. Like, who gives a rat's ass? Really, who's tuning in to hear about all that nonsense? You know, um, so 
Uh, but look, ESPN's been going downhill for a while. You know, and I'm not even going to get into how woke they've gotten, and I know that bothers a lot of people. But they just haven't been good, man. You know, I'd say the last really good set of of like ESPN Sports Center type anchors were like the Kenny Maines and the Stuart Scotts and and that era. That era and everything before that was really good. Everything since then, man, it's like SNL. SNL was really good and now it sucks. You know, um, they I think they've really effed up ESPN. They need a major overhaul. I think the Disney impact has been dramatically bad for them. Well, it's happening, Mike. You know that they're having, you know, that it's loud that they're having, um, you know, that people are going to get laid off. And, you know, they had the same situation. They have the same situation literally – they, they've been going through the same situation over the last five years where they've been just really gutting out the everybody. You know what I mean? Right. And I know why they're doing this is because they're doing what a lot of sports networks are doing. They're about to start going into more live sports and less talky-talky shows and less, uh, you know, um, you know, mind, mindless stuff. You know what I mean? They're, 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 they're going to try to do way more more showing the game from what I've been here. You know what I mean? Way more of that because that's where the dollars really are at. You know what I mean? Because you got the commercial money coming in. And then you have the um, money that also comes in for other little things, other little favors that they have as well too. So the MLB, and it would give them the most maximum exposure because now we're focusing in on the game. And so I think that's that's a, a good way to go about it. Because you got it's not even about which color right now. It's not about who's bad and who's good at ESPN. It's about who fits their budget right now and who can they live with and who can they live without. And, you know, there's a lot of just things going on. They just canceled Max Kellerman's uh, little show that he had with um, T-Shop and all those guys, but that was overdue because that wasn't a good show. And that's what's happening is that ESPN literally – is going through all their stuff and knowing that they have a lot of bad stuff on TV and they got to get rid of it. You know, well, what I mean? if you're going to focus on live events, like you're saying, look, their goal should be that we are on TV at every single like restaurant that has like a bar, you know, like Chili's and places like that. Every single one of those should have ESPN on 24 seven. Right. Or right. Fox Sports or Fox Sports twenty four seven. You won't have it on if you got Stephen A. Smith screaming at you. You won't have exactly. it on if you got um, Colin Cowherd telling you you're stupid. You know what I mean? Like exactly. Well, because a lot a lot of the time they put it on without a volume. You know, so right. you have to have something that people can watch. So the more live, I'm all about more live events because you know with the other content, it's just not that compelling. It's it's just not that great. I think PTI right. probably is the highest rated. Of those type of shows, you know, PTI, people like PTI. It's the only talking head show left, dude. You know that, right? PTI yeah. and Around the Horn. And those are because those were classic shows that never steered away from what met, from what from what worked. And they didn't really, you know, and the the greatest part about you know Around the Horn was is that Stat Boy came from PTI. So that's why everything works out the way that it does, in my opinion, with that with those two shows. And they come right. on at a perfect time. They come on in the in back east, it's the evening, but for us, it's the mid-afternoon. That's the perfect time to run a sports show. You know Absolutely. what I mean? 
No, uh, by the way, I, I, I like, I don't mind. Actually, I'm going to go ahead and say I like Colin Cowherd's format because he at least has. I just don't like J-Mac. Colin's my guy, but I just can't stand J-Mac, bro. Well, okay, that aside, I like that they have guests come in and sit down and it works on the television broadcast, but it also works in the radio format. Right. right. Because it, it got really trendy to broadcast your radio show. You're just sitting there watching, you know, guys with their with their earphones on talking into a mic. But Colin kind of changed that a little bit. He kind of made it like more of a hybrid of like a late night talk show, you know, with the chairs, the, 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 the nice chairs, the couches type format, you know, with a co-host, you know, think Johnny Carson and Ed McMahon type thing. I know you don't like the current co-host. Um, you know, for a while there, they always had pretty ladies. I don't know why they deviated from that format. But uh, I think the, the point... ESPN's just gone downhill, man. It's just not a show. I used to love... Here's the other thing, too. I'll make this point really fast because I know we got to go to our final commercial timeout. would have to get your con like if you wanted to know if your team won we didn't have the internet so you'd have to watch sports center you didn't have a choice unless you wanted to wait till the next day so it was like must see tv you know if you especially if you like like a team that's not from the local area like the red sox or something that game isn't on tv you had to wait until Sports Center. This is I'm talking like even before the ticker at the bottom of all these channels, right? And so Sports Center was like absolute like gold, you know. And the way that they have adopted with the times, you know, like all the way to today, it's almost kind of seems like, you know, I don't need to see what Twitter's reaction is to the, uh, you know. But there are whatever event, you know what I mean, to right. uh, to to the Denver Nuggets winning the the title. I don't need to see all of the Twitter reactions on SportsCenter. You know, I kind of want to see how games were won or lost, and I don't necessarily need commentary on it. I mean, that the, that's the crazy thing is they'll have these guys break down, do these breakdowns and stuff. We see that more than we actually see highlights of the games themselves. You know what I mean? Back in the day, it was like perfect because you saw like a long highlight. You got in all the important stuff. And then at the end, they put up the stats of like anybody that was contributing in that ball game. You know, this guy's three for four, two stolen bases, the pitching line, who won the game, who lost the game, who got the save. All of that was like a key focal point. Now it just stripped down into nothing, man. It just junk. Anyways, I've totally gone over. So let's take our final time out, Pop, and we will come back with more Pop DB Awesome right after this. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. 
Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at the MikeAbadirShow.com. Now, back to this week's program. All right, we're back with the Mike Abadir Show. I don't know where Mike went to. Mike will probably be right back with us, but we are back with the Mike Abadir Show. Your boy, the one and only Pop DiBiase, the primetime capper. So pretty much um, we were going to get into the gambling situation in the NFL that has a couple guys suspended right now. So pretty much my two cents on that situation is like this. The NFL got themselves a real problem. I said this from day one. I said the one league that never wants to go sleep with sports betting is going to be the NFL. It's already bad enough that people feel that the games are rigged. It's already bad enough that literally your whole game is literally based, is the most popular betting sport outside of horse racing. You know what I mean? And literally, everybody's trying to bet everything in football. You know? So now you got players who have – it's like being on the at the stock market and having inside information. Those people go to jail for that. So you cannot sit up there and – Bust the Pete Rose and bet on your team and act like there's not going to be any consequences. And then when fans come out and say, but, but you didn't suspend the guy who beat up it. You, you didn't do, you didn't go as hard on the guy that, that uh, got the 11 game suspension for an allegation in Deshaun Watson and had to sit out a whole year. 
you know, dude didn't gamble on his team. He is being accused of something that is kind of in today's world a little common. You know, all these women are chasing some chasing the bag, as they like to say. And, well, but like pop, pop, like hold on. Regardless of this societal situation between men and women, and, and look, if any crime is committed, it should definitely be pursued or whatever. But it doesn't go towards the integrity of the game, right? Gambling right. does because right. look, if, if you bet, if you okay, if I'm on the Colts and I bet on my team to do something positive or to win the game today. What does it mean when next week I don't bet on them? Right. I mean that uh, we're going to lose, that I think we're going to lose. And imagine if everybody did that. Then it would kind of become like, oh, well, you know, Isaiah Rogers is betting on them. You know, it, it becomes now like let's follow where the money's going. And it would take away from the sport and the integrity of the sport so much. Um, yeah, man, I think it would be pretty crazy. It's interesting, though, that we're having this problem. There was a lot of guys that have been caught, which tells me that there's a lot of guys who haven't. Right, and this is this is my thing. Who is advising these guys when it comes down to betting? Why are you jumping on DraftKings? Why are you jumping on FanDuel? Look, man, and you know I don't ever like putting my business out there, Mike, but you know me. You know where, where I come from. You know how the Wells got to do it. You can't be on these regular books. I'm giving y'all some game, and I know this is this is this is a bit much, but I'm gonna keep it real with everybody because I'm I'm I've actually done this sports book, uh, booking. You know, I've been a, I've been a player, and I've been the and I've ran the book. So when you have a big well. You don't put those guys in on MGM and Caesars bets and all these all these spots that they can be seen. You got to go to the offshore. You got to go to Costa Rica. You got to go to the booking. You know, what I mean? you have to go deal with the. You have to go deal with the shady, the dark characters, the dark figures that they want you to stay away from because that's how you don't get caught. Because literally, you just don't bet on the sport you play, huh? Or just don't bet on the sport you play. Right. Or just stop betting in general because you make enough money as is. What's wrong with you? You know, well, but I mean, I can understand if they want to play a horse race, you know, if they want to do a March Madness parlay or something like that. I mean, I mean, look, I, I think a lot of it isn't necessarily about making money uh, as much as it is that it's enjoyable and it's fun. But just so that people know the rules, by the way, I'm going to put it out there. The league's gambling policy basically says six things. Don't bet on the NFL. Don't gamble at all at your team facility or while traveling for a road game or staying at a team hotel. Number three, don't have somebody bet for you. Number four, don't share team inside information. Number five, don't enter a sports book at all, period, during the NFL season. And number six, they don't want players playing on daily fantasy football because they are football players. And so playing fantasy in the sport that you play, they consider that to be a no-no. Now, so far, we have 11 players and at least one assistant coach who have violated the policy. And then there's a bunch of undisclosed, an undisclosed number of league personnel who have been suspended 
for violating the NFL gambling policy since 2018 when the U.S. Supreme Court struck down that federal statute that restricted betting to only be in Nevada. So, look, man, this is a this is a problem. Quite honestly, kind of like what you were saying a second ago, I didn't anticipate it because, like you, I was kind of thinking, well, this isn't the days of like the Chicago Black Sox scandal, where if you offer somebody ten thousand bucks, that's more than they make all year, and it becomes like serious money. Now, when you have guys that are making as much money as they do, you really can't fix a game. Because what are you going to offer somebody 20 million bucks to fix a game? Wouldn't even make, you know, like, like you can't even, the, the numbers don't work out. The mathematics on it don't work out. The financial structure, it wouldn't work out to necessarily fix a game like that. But so I didn't think it was going to be necessarily a huge problem. But that's also because I didn't think that they'd be betting on football. Like, how stupid are you to do that, man? And then, like you're saying, if you're going to do it, do it with a book where you're not going to get caught. Not saying the players should. As an agent, I shouldn't at all say that they should. But if you're going to do it, do it the smart way, man. This is just insanity to me. Right. It's just being hard. It's just being foolish, you know, and it's just like you trying to 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 walk a thin line. You guys sit up in here and tell us on TV. I live I, I played my whole life to be here, man. And I want the uh, the opportunity is I would do this for free. And then you go do this. It's like stop trying to be like regular people. You're not regular people. Okay. No, and the worst. We got to tell you guys that you're not regular people. Right. And football players, players, and because you, as you can see, because you're not regular people, your job is very limited. Like Calvin Ridley losing one year. I mean, how many years did you get to play? Five, six, seven, eight, nine. Let's even say 10. That means he just lost out 10% of his career, just like that. And in reality, in his situation, losing that year is really made it a make-or-break season for him right now. Absolutely. This is his career right now because he has to show them that he really cares about playing football. And here's the crazy thing about it. Sometimes when you have, like, your best player go out, and Calvin Ridley at this time, or at that time, was probably the Falcons' best player, the, the entire franchise may go a different direction. They're like, you know, we don't think we could even make the playoffs this year. I mean, you have a lot of impact. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. okay, well, now that we don't have that star stud wide receiver, uh, we're going to lose anyways. Maybe we'll just go ahead and develop our, you know, backup quarterback or a rookie quarterback from the fifth round. Or Like, teams are making decisions based on some of this stuff. You know, obviously, he was the biggest, like, name guy that was involved last year, right? But, I mean, the Colts are hit pretty hard, man. They're going to lose a lot of guys. Uh, they're going to lose a lot of key contributors not a lot but i mean dude anything more than one in my opinion is a lot you know but isaiah rogers and rashad berry uh you know free agent demetrius taylor those are some of the names that are involved titans lose an offensive tackle uh for six games i believe the first three names are indefinitely suspended which means at least the 2023 season in its entirety. This is a big deal, man. 
Right, and that's the we'll think about and by it. The way, by the way, sorry, happening. one more thing. Those guys have been waves. I just I'm seeing right now. Yeah, they don't. They're not on rosters. Yeah, they're not on rosters. Before they even got waived, they were already saying former Colts. <laughs> Before they even made the announcement, because those guys will never play in the NFL again. They're just being here's nice. The, here's the sad part. According to Rogers, most of the bets were like between twenty five and fifty bucks. And the largest wager, right? And the largest wager that was the, the largest wager that was placed in his account was a thousand dollar prop bet on the over under on rushing yards by his Colts running back, which he did win incidentally. So at least at least he got a thousand bucks out of it. Right, but the thing I don't like is they're making people who who do what I do look like we're villains, man. Like we're the ones that are pushing this 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 agenda and making it some. Because next they're going to be starting to come after us. You know what I mean? Because they're going to say, "Oh, you guys are over here making everybody compulsive gamble and woo woo woo," and everybody wants to be this big shot. See, that's the biggest problem. Everybody looks at sports betting as some type of uh, release to get themselves out of whatever money situation that they got going. It's just sports entertainment, brother. That's all it truly really is at the end of the day. Keep it real. You're going to lose more than you win because at the end of the day, you know that you're going to have a day where you're going to lose a shit ton, a super ton of games. And then you're going to have a day where you win a lot of games. And then you're going to have a game where you really know that, hey, man, this this could be everything right here and we could do it. And you don't win it. You have to be ready for all that and be ready to laugh at all this stuff. You can never take it seriously. Don't break your TV. Don't do any of that dumb stuff. You know, you have to look at it and have some patience with it. That's the whole thing. I always say you're never going to break the book. But what you can do is you guys can have some fair exchanges. Right, right. Well, you know, we could go on and on and about this for days. Unfortunately, Pop, our time is up uh, before we go. I know. Before we go, I wanted to say who's hot and who's not. Right now, the Braves are hot and the Miami Marlins are hot. Who's not? The Padres. Losers of five in a row. They are. How in the world are they seven games under 500 and the Marlins are 13 games over 500? How is that even possible, Pop? We'll explore that and maybe come back with some answers next week. Uh, I could go on for another hour with you, Pop, but time is limited today, man. So thank you, as always, for being a part of the show. Thank you to Voice America, everybody involved, and most of all, thank you to the listener. Without the listener, there is no show. Enjoy your 4th of July. We'll see you until right after that. So be safe, everyone. Drink up, but not too much. Don't drink and drive. And don't, when you're wasted, play with fireworks. I do have a friend who lost a finger years ago when I was younger. So that always is a message in my mind. Nonetheless. And make sure you bet Belmont this weekend. There you go. There you go. Thanks, everyone. Enjoy your sports weekend. We'll see you same time, same place next week. Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.